0: Welcome to Hope Talks, Stories of Transformation. Hope Talks is a project of David's United Church of Christ in Canal Winchester, Ohio, and dedicated to providing stories with different perspectives of hope. Hello, everyone. This is Jim Nolan, and I want to welcome you once again to Hope Talks. You know, when my partner Patty Houston Holm and I began this series of podcasts, we wanted to engage with ordinary people who would share experiences of finding hope amid the cacophony of daily living. I think it was the poet Emily Dickinson who observed that hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tunes without words and never stops at all. But for most of us, there comes a time when some painful event or just the noise of the world causes us to stop listening for a while. My conversation partner today is someone who knows about discovering the music of hope once again. Heidi Carter is a veteran mental health counselor and therapist with decades of experience in leading people out of drug addiction and more recently with counseling those in the LBGTQ community as they struggle with issues of gender identity. She and her husband Todd, also a licensed therapist, also know personally about the struggle of holding on to hope, having lost a teenage son a few years ago. So Heidi, perhaps we can begin with your own story. You know, another favorite poet of mine, John O'Donohue a fellow Irishman felt that a lost child becomes an unseen angel who parents your heart. So with that maybe imagery in mind, Heidi, how would you describe your journey forward now some years later?
1: Sure, Um, certainly it has been a journey. Uh, We lost Aiden about three years ago Um, following a long journey for him with uh, neurofibromatosis, which is a condition that causes tumors to grow on your nerves. And he had tumors on his brainstem and on his optic nerves, which uh, caused him to be legally blind. Um, He was the most positive uh, force of nature I've seen. Um, He's uh, still affecting us that way. He offers us signs and um, throughout days that are hard many times and um, that gives us hope knowing that he's still here with us and um, I like the image of parenting us from the other side that's neat. Yeah. Uh, we were able to take off a little bit of time after he first passed away but went back to work fairly quickly. Um, Looking back on that, that seems really crazy to go back to work counseling people two weeks after losing a child. But uh, we kept saying that he was so proud of us for what we did that we wanted to be able to continue to offer that uh, service to other people still. So um, went back to work and in my work at ComTrug, I had been trained in EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. So, for folks that have gone through trauma, um, it's a technique that we use to help move them through it more quickly. And so, I had seen a lot of people that had lost children in my time there at ComTrug. And so, to become kind of one of the one of the bunch was a very interesting experience to have clients that I was still seeing at that point that had lost children while I'd been seeing them um, to be able to get hope from them as well.
0: Besides your professional training and background, what role did your faith play uh, in bringing hope back?
1: Certainly our church family was, an amazing support for us through this tremendous loss and having faith, you know, that he was in a, in a, that he's in a good place and that he's, you know, doing work on that end um, has been really helpful in getting us through. Um, Aiden was certainly, a big fan of God and Jesus, and he would drag me to church many Sundays when I wasn't really feeling it. Um, when he was going through chemotherapy, <laughs> mm. he would have chemo on Friday night, and then on Sunday, he was ready to go to church, and I was not, <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> but um, having that force within him was really, really helpful. Um, in getting through those days as well, but uh, yeah, being able to still talk to him um, when I need to and throughout the day and um, has been really helpful in getting us, in getting me through it,
0: yeah. Let's shift if we may to your um work with the gay community and um, what happens to hope and purpose when someone is struggling with issues of uh, gender identity and acceptance, not only uh, acceptance within one, but acceptance uh, in one's social circles and, and in the community.
1: It's been um, an interesting transition to go from working with people who were marginalized by society and working with folks with addiction to the LGBTQ community where people are obviously still marginalized by society. Um, you know, that those themes continued through the the both kinds of work. Um, it's been so such a blessing to be able to, offer people a safe place to be um, and to express, you know, their questions or um, help them through transitioning. um, To be able to write a letter for someone so they can get gender affirming surgery or get their gender marker changed on their ID seems like such a little thing, but it offers them such hope um, in in their journey. Um, It's been really amazing to be able to be present for folks as they as they go through that when many times they're rejected by their families um but being able to see that they can find a chosen family or a group that can support them through through their journey has been really neat
0: you you said something about the safe place that um makes me want to ask if I can I'm not sure I can express the question the way I'm feeling it but how much of a sense of hopelessness is is due to not having a sense of belonging and I think particularly in the gay community where you you feel you can feel ostracized both from family and friends and so on and and uh, is there a connection between hope and home as it were
1: oh definitely i think having that sense of belonging is so essential for all of us and for people that have don't feel that with their parents or their family um, it makes it really hard uh, for them to figure out why to still be here yeah can cause a lot of a lot of depression and hopelessness
0: is it different in, uh, I hate to use the term, uh, hesitate to use the term drug community, but people uh, from your experience who are struggling with issues of, uh, of addiction, which from my limited experience is often driven by the desire to control pain or perhaps escape from pain, um, and maybe turning to opioids as a substitute for lost hope. Are there any parallels there or is there a a different set of life lessons out of that experience?
1: No, I think there are definitely some parallels there. Um, So many of the people we saw at Comp Drug had come through tremendous uh, loss or trauma And that's how they ended up on um, heroin or opiates to be able to numb that pain. And many times they didn't have a sense of belonging anywhere in the world. Um, And sometimes they found that in that community of people that were using. And um, so getting sober was hard because then they were going to be losing those friends Or associates that they had through that time in their lives. It was always so amazing to see how people could be so resilient in terms of coming out of situations of horrible, horrible trauma. Um, You know, people that had been abused um, by their families or Growing up and seeing the changes that they could make and uh, being able to be fully functioning adults um, after some time in treatment. We saw people who had been you know, sexually abused by people in their families that had started very early in life. Um, remember several that had been, like, sexually abused by babysitters. Um, I remember one guy that I'd seen. I just wasn't sure how he'd ever have a shot. His family was very, very abusive. And um, his brother had started uh, exposing him to drugs when he was five years old. He was smoking pot. Yeah. By the time he was nine, he was using heroin and cocaine. You know, and it's just so disturbing to see what that does to someone and their sense of uh belonging in the world um you know and seeing what amazing skills they could have if they were to use them in a different way um you know he ended up selling drugs and being very good at it he was quite a salesman i always thought you know in in a different life you could have been really successful in a different way yeah um,
0: mm out of um you know in one sense we're talking about people who are um in in both sets of the gay community and people struggling with with drug addictions Um, we often use the term you used it yourself marginalized people but they also are are somewhat extreme examples of people Trying to cope with life. Uh, what are are there some techniques or lessons that you pull from this whole whole experience and, and from your own personal um, journey in coping with the loss of a child, um, which is for those of us who are parents just seems so unimaginable. Um, but for everyday people who struggle sometimes to put one foot in front of the other or get out of bed today. um, Are are there lessons or techniques that have kind of stuck with you that perhaps even yourself that you tell yourself sometimes in dealing with all these situations that you have to kind of pick yourself up and and dust yourself off and get back in there? are there, are there some techniques or lessons or reminders for the rest of us in all of this?
1: Certainly having like a mantra that you say to yourself can be really helpful when you're going through things. Um, I know for me, I said over and over again, I can do hard things. I can do hard things when um, uh-huh. trying to get up and just get through the day. Um, and I really feel like uh, when I do share with clients, I don't share it with all of them. But um, about losing Aiden, you know, it gives them a different perspective on loss in terms of seeing someone who has made it through and who still struggles, but who can, you know, cope with hard things and um, I remember my first day back at Comp drug, this woman that I recognized but didn't really know came up to me, one of our clients there, and she was like, How are you here? I need to know how you're doing this. And she had lost her daughter maybe the week before Aiden passed to a oh, drug over to a drug overdose. And um, yeah, and she just um, really got a lot out of Watching me on my journey and knowing um, that this was something that she could survive too. So,
0: are, are, are you saying that there's there's a that it, it can be therapeutic yeah. to share your experience because there's a there's a common bond that that can arise from that?
1: Yeah, I think the um, using self-disclosure can be helpful in, in certain situations. Um, I don't wanna make it about me or turn it, you know, attention to me in this session, but for them just knowing that um, I can be an example of somebody who's, who's gotten through hard things and certainly with Having that common loss, um, like I said, it was so interesting um, in one of the groups I was doing. Um, I did the Brene Brown groups when I was at Comp drug and was doing the Rising Strong group, which is about getting through hard things <laughs> and uh, happened to have four out of the six women in there who had lost a child and I'm like, wow. Huh. And that, and that was, you know, when I was going through it, it wasn't like I put that group together. And so, um, yeah, just being um, around them was helpful knowing that they'd gotten through it um, and seeing, you know, what they had done with that loss, um, you know, trying to find meaning in it and, um,
0: it's if I, if, I, if I may bring you back to uh, Aden for a moment yeah um, you've described and I've heard uh, others who knew him describe him as uh, what's the phrase I would use relentlessly optimistic and hopeful <laughs>
1: Yes,
0: uh, and uh, I'm sure, at some point in his young life, he was aware of all that was happening to him medically and disease wise. Uh, yeah. How how do you think he was able to be so buoyant in the face of such uh, uh, what must have seemed a bleak future?
1: Certainly, he unders you know, it was just his normal from. age of three was when he started going through chemotherapy um, and he would go in for MRIs and he would make everything fun and exciting when it should have been scary and and difficult you know picture day was our day for MRIs and he was always excited to get to go in and and see his friends because everybody was his friend and um, that made it easier for me to get through it with him and Yes, such a positive spirit and just a ray of sunshine. He he made all the things that were hard seem, seem easy. And I'm not sure that we gave him that. It'd be nice to think, <laughs> you know, growing up with a dad with a disability, that this was just part of how things were, you know. You,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you were given things to deal with and... Um, but like when people were mean to him, you know, oh, are you special? This girl at the pool said to him when we were in line for ice cream. And he was like, oh, do you mean, do I have special needs? Yeah, I've got special needs. Um, what kind of ice cream are you gonna have, you know? And just moved on through it and I wanted to punch her. And, uh, you know, he had such a grace about him that way. Yeah. Um,
0: Sounds like he really was an example of what Emily Dickinson was talking about—someone who, who uh, heard that internal music, yeah, and the feathers dancing.
1: Yeah, he had such a joy for
0: everything. <laughs> well, uh, as as we wind up, any uh, um, especially in, you know we're recording this still in the struggling age of COVID uh, and uh, masks and isolation and social distancing and all the rest of it. Any, uh, any parting advice uh, for folks who are uh, either wrestling with compassion fatigue or lonesome fatigue or just uh, living in the age of COVID?
1: I think just making sure that we're being gentle with ourselves and with each other um, through this—it's a difficult time—but just remembering that it's just a blip; it's not going to last forever. You know, finding the beauty in in the everyday things that we're going through can be a really helpful way of getting through hard things.
0: Well, with that, I thank you. Uh, I thank you for your. Uh, Candor, and I thank you for your wisdom about reconnecting with the music of hope. Uh, and uh, we'll leave our listeners with that last piece of advice to be gentle, not only with yourself, but with one another. For those who are listening, if you have a hopeful experience to share or know someone who does, Please send Patty and me an email at hopetalks at uh, davidsucc.net. So blessings on your day, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thank you for listening to this segment of Hope Talks. I hope you join us again. And please encourage others to listen and check out other David's United Church of Christ programs at davidsucc.net. It is our hope that your day is filled with hope.